We come now to another group of four precepts. Let us consider them. Number five, listen to the song of life. Six, store in your memory the melody you hear. Seven, learn from it the lesson of harmony. Eight, you can stand upright now, firm as a rock amid the turmoil, obeying the warrior who is thyself and thy king, unconcerned in the battle save to do his bidding, having no longer any care as to the result of the battle, for one thing only is important, that the warrior shall win, and you know he is incapable of defeat. Standing thus, cool and awakened, use the hearing you have acquired by pain and by the destruction of pain. Only fragments of the great song come to your ears while yet you are but man. But, if you listen to it, remember it faithfully, so that none which has reached you is lost, and endeavor to learn from it the meaning of the mystery which surrounds you. In time you will need no teacher, for as the individual has voice, so has that in which the individual exists. Life itself has speech and is never silent, and its utterance is not, as you that are deaf may suppose, a cry. It is a song. Learn from it that you are a part of the harmony. Learn from it to obey the laws of the harmony. Unquote. Listen to the song of life. The note that is attached to this precept is so beautiful so full of truth, so instructive, that we can find nothing to add to it, and we insert it in this place as the best possible explanation of the precept to which it is attached. Quote, Note, Look for it and listen to it, first in your own heart. At first you may say it is not there. When I search, I find only discord. Look deeper. If again you are disappointed, pause and look deeper again. There is a natural melody, an obscure fount in every human heart. It may be hidden over and utterly concealed and silenced, but it is there. At the very base of your nature you will find faith, hope, and love. He that chooses evil refuses to look within himself shuts his ears to the melody of his heart as he blinds his eyes to the light of his soul. He does this because he finds it easier to live in desires. But underneath all life is the strong current that cannot be checked. The great waters are there in reality. Find them, and you will perceive that none, not the most wretched of creatures, but is a part of it, however he blind himself to the fact, and build up for himself a phantasmal outer form of horror. In that sense it is that I say to you, all those beings among whom you struggle on are fragments of the divine. And so deceptive is the illusion in which you live, that it is hard to guess where you will first detect the sweet voice in the hearts of others. But know that it is certainly within yourself." Look for it there, and, once having heard it, you will more readily recognize it around you. Unquote.
The sixth precept, store in your memory the melody you hear. And the seventh precept, learn from it the lesson of harmony. Relate to the fifth precept and need no special explanation. The eighth precept is full of information. It starts with the assurance that you, now being open to the guidance of spirit, can stand upright, firm as a rock amid the turmoil, obeying the warrior, spirit, who is spoken of as being thyself and thy king, again a reference to the relative and the absolute relation. It speaks of the soul led by spirit as being unconcerned in the battle, save to do his, spirit's, bidding, and having no longer any care as to the result of the battle, that is, caring nothing about the apparent result, the temporary defeats, pains, and trying circumstances. For only one thing is important, and that is that spirit should win, and win it must, for it is invincible and incapable of defeat. The soul is spoken of as standing thus cool and awakened, and using the hearing which it has acquired by pain and by the destruction of pain. This paradox of pain and the destruction of pain is interesting. One necessarily learns lessons from pain. Many lessons may be learned in no other way. And yet after the true nature of pain is learned and fully impressed upon the mind, then pain no longer is pain. Pain is destroyed and another lesson is learned. And so the voice of the Spirit, the song of life, comes to the hearing which has been awakened both by pain and by the destruction of pain. Only fragments of the great song come to your ears while you are but man. For when you reach the stage when you may listen to the grand volume of the divine song, then you are no longer man, but are something far higher in the scale of spiritual evolution and life. But the mere fragments of the song are so far beyond any other human experience that the mere echo is worth living a life to hear. We are further told that if you listen to it, remember it faithfully, so that none which has reached you is lost, and endeavor to learn from it the meaning of the mystery which surrounds you. The voice of spirit will beat upon your ears, so that, in spite of the material interferences you will from time to time have borne in upon your consciousness bits of knowledge which will seem to come from another world. Light will be thrown gradually upon the great problems of existence, and veil after veil will be withdrawn. The precept then gives us the glad tidings that, in time, you will need no teacher. For as the individual has voice, so has that in which the individual exists. Life has speech and is never silent, and it is not, as you that are deaf may suppose, a cry. It is a song. Learn from it that you are a part of the harmony. Learn from it to obey the laws of the harmony. In time you will have passed beyond the need of a human teacher, for the light of spirit will illuminate every object upon which you gaze, and the ears opened by spirit will hear the lessons coming from every object in nature, in the stone, in the plant, in the mountain, in the tempest, in the sunshine, in the stars, 
in all things high or low, will you perceive that great throbbing intelligent life of which you are a part, and from them will you hear notes of the great song of life, all is one, all is one. As the precept tells us, the sound from nature and nature's things is not a cry, as many have supposed, but a great triumphant song, a song rejoicing in the flow of life of the singer and vibrating in unison with the absolute. Learn from the song that you are a part of the harmony. Learn from it to obey the law of the harmony. The next group of four precepts are along the same lines as those preceding. Number nine. Regard earnestly all the life that surrounds you. Ten. Learn to look intelligently into the hearts of men. Eleven. Regard most earnestly your own heart. Twelve. For through your own heart comes the one light which can illuminate life and make it clear to your eyes. Study the hearts of men that you may know what is that world in which you live and of which you will be a part. Regard the constantly changing and moving life which surrounds you, for it is formed by the hearts of men, and, as you learn to understand their constitution and meaning, you will by degrees be able to read the larger word of life." Unquote. The ninth precept, regard earnestly all the life that surrounds you, refers to that part of the subject mentioned by us in the preceding paragraph, the knowledge that comes to one by viewing nature by the light of the Spirit. The tenth precept tells you to learn to look intelligently into the hearts of men, that you may understand the world of men that forms a part of the great world. By knowing men you will be able to help them, and will also learn many lessons that will aid you in your journey along the path. But take notice of what the little accompanying note says regarding this study of men. Here it is. Quote, note. From an absolutely impersonal point of view, otherwise your sight is colored. Therefore, impersonality must first be understood. Intelligence is impartial. No man is your enemy, no man is your friend. All alike are your teachers. Your enemy becomes a mystery that must be solved, even though it takes ages, for man must be understood. Your friend becomes a part of yourself, an extension of yourself, a riddle hard to read. Only one thing is more difficult to know, your own heart. Not until the bonds of personality are loosed can that profound mystery of self begin to be seen. Not until you stand aside from it will it in any way reveal itself to your understanding. Then, and not till then, can you grasp and guide it. Then, and not till then, can you use all its powers and devote them to a worthy service." Unquote. The eleventh precept tells you to regard most earnestly your own heart. And the twelfth precept goes on to say, For through your own heart, comes the one light which can illuminate life and make it clear to your eyes. In your own nature you will find all that is in the nature of other men, high and low, pure and foul. It is all there, the foul outlived, perhaps, the pure yet to be lived, perhaps, but all there. 
And if you would understand men and their motives and their doings and their thoughts, look within and you will understand other men better. But do not identify yourself with all the thoughts you may find in your heart. View them as would an outsider. Look at them as you would upon objects in a case in a museum. Useful to study, but not to make a part of your life. And remember this, that none of the things in your heart is good enough to use or master you, although many of them may be used by you to advantage. You are the master, and not the mastered. That is, if you are a delivered soul. The thirteenth precept says that speech comes only with knowledge. Attain to knowledge and you will attain to speech. The little accompanying note is explanatory in part of this precept. We herewith print it. Quote, note, it is impossible to help others till you have obtained some certainty of your own. When you have learned the first twenty-one rules, and have entered the hall of learning with your powers developed and sense unchained, then you will find there is a fount within you from which speech will arise. Unquote. Do not be worried if you anticipate being called upon to impart words of comfort and knowledge to others. You need not prepare yourself. The person will draw forth from you, through Spirit's guidance, just what is best for him or her. Fear not, have faith. <laughs>